1: Are you looking for a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black? Car from under center, looks downfield, fires deep, complete, Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just Pod, baby. Congrats on 100
2: episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast.
1: Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Henry, run! The speed, touchdown, Car with another bomb And
2: now your host, Evan Grote And let's go Raider Nation Glad to have you back for another episode of Just Pod Baby I am your host, Evan Grote And JPB is part of the Vegas Sports Today Podcast Network A couple of new stories now available over at the website this week So make sure you're getting over there and you're checking out all the work that's being provided for you Also, don't forget to check out my new website, justpodbaby.com. You're going to find all of the podcast episodes there as well as some stories on the blog page. So check that out. And please contact me with any questions, comments, or or things that you want to hear me discuss on the show. You can do that by going through the contact page and sending me a note. Again, that is all found over at justpodbaby.com. A couple of different topics that I want to get to with you this week, uh, no guest this week, but I will be playing the audio from my appearance on Thursday on in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. So, for those of you that did not hear it, I hope you uh, you enjoy it. And, and those of you who were listening live, I apologize, but I thought it was a, a good discussion that Vinny and I had, so I wanted to make sure that I included it in uh, in, in this week's show. Now, first thing on the agenda for this week, did did any of you uh, see on ESPN.com on Thursday, one of their writers, Bill Barnwell, he did a story where he ranked all 32 teams, uh, depending on where he or how he felt they did uh, in this year's offseason in terms of free agency acquisitions and, and draft selections. And, and I have to admit, when I opened up the article to start reading it, I... Uh, I was a little shocked by where I where he had the Raiders. I was not anticipating that he would have the Raiders ranked dead last. That's right, thirty second in the league. So he feels that the Raiders did a, a pretty poor job uh, this off season in upgrading the roster. And you know, listen, I I've been a little bit critical of some of the moves that they made. Uh, but but worse in the entire league. Um, I, I just don't know about that. Um, now now for each team, what he did was he he discussed four different um, topics. What went right, what went wrong, what they could have done differently, and what's left to do. And I'll, I'll quickly give you the Cliff Notes version uh, of each one of those. Uh, what went right, he talks about the additions on defense. He, he likes what they did on defense. He mentioned y- Yannick Ngakwe, Carl Joseph, and Casey Hayward as three of the additions that he really liked to go along with some of the young talent that they have that he expects to uh, develop nicely, talking specifically about Cleve Farrell, John Abram, Trayvon Morig, um, and and some of the free agent additions that they brought in last year. So he thinks they, they have shored up the defense a bit. But no mention of, of Tra- Trayvon Morig, uh, the second-round pick from this year, which I thought was a little bit odd because, in my opinion, he could turn out to be one of the biggest difference makers on the defense this year, along with Yannick Gakoway. So I thought that was a little bit odd. Where he thinks they went wrong was giving out the two-year, $11 million contract to Kenyon Drake when they already have a first-round draft pick in Josh Jacobs, which we've talked about this before on here when that move first went down. I gave you some of my thoughts. The deal looks real good in year one as far as the money is concerned. But the money that he's going to be owed in year two is significant for a, a, a number two running back. But John Gruden, we know he wants to pound the rock. He wants to run the ball. And if Drake can come in and be a legitimate backup to Josh Jacobs, who has shown that he's you know, he been banged up a bit in, in the first two years of his career, and they really haven't had a legitimate uh, backup behind him, uh, so I think that if Drake can come in and provide that, not have so much of a drop drop off when Jacobs is not in the game, and also provide a little bit something in the passing game, like an added dimension to the offense, we've heard Gruden talk about he wants to get him involved in the passing game. Then I think the fans will will be able to tolerate and stomach giving him a large contract in year two if, if he you know plays up to uh, plays up to that after his first year. He also mentions. Breaking up the offensive line as a downgrade, and, and to this point, at least on paper, I, I have to agree with him uh, there. I still think there, you know, there's some question marks. Uh, I believe at center, I think that's fair. Right guard uh, with with Denzel Good, you know, it can can he be a full time starter, right? Um, and and even with the rookie at right tackle, uh, you know, we just need to kind of see it all come together. Before at least myself personally, before I believe in the upside that they're talking about within the building. Now, now what he thinks they could have done differently, um, and I and I thought this was um, you now this was a bit odd myself was um, a different hire as DC a, as the defensive coordinator. He suggests that maybe Wade Phillips would have been the better candidate to turn around this defense, and I was all on the Wade the Wade Phillips bandwagon. I'm not gonna lie, uh, it's all on tape it's all out there. I I would have preferred Wade Phillips uh to be the hire. Uh but but I that doesn't mean that I I'm not a believer in Gus Bradley, you know. Uh he's had some success. Um but but Barnwell points out that that Bradley while Br- Bradley has the name recognition, you know, going back to his days in Seattle with the Legion of Boom and then he was a hot candidate as a head coach when he was hired in Jacksonville and You know, that he pretty much failed there as a head coach, and then goes on to uh, be the defensive coordinator for the Chargers the last four years, where in the first two years uh, that he was there with the Chargers, his defense ranked in the top 10, but then in his final two years, they fell to 25th and 20th. Uh, So, you know, just something to chew on. Um, I I do think he brings up some valid points, um, but, but... Overall, I think um, you know I could make a strong argument that the Raiders should be ranked a little bit higher as far as you know off-season improvements. T- to have them ranked dead last, I-, I still think that's a little bit it's a little bit unfair. But go go check out the article uh, yourself. That's up at ESPN.com um, right now. Now the second topic that I wanted to get to this this week is, of course, Week Two of OTAs did get underway this week and that is where um we're gonna go now it sounds like there's been some really extremely warm temperatures out there in vegas this week Uh, a little bit unseasonably warm it doesn't um based on what i've heard uh, i spoke with scott Gilbranson, our good friend and he says it doesn't normally get this warm until after the fourth of july so it's it's a little bit warmer there than usual i looked at the forecast uh this week it looks like it's been you know 108 was the high on Thursday supposed to be 109 on Friday uh, 108 again on Saturday so so some really warm temperatures Um, and you know for some of the players it's going to take some adjusting to get used to this uh, the, these warm temperatures, 108, I mean, that, that can be a real shock to the system. Uh, I'm thinking about a player like Malcolm Kuntz, the rookie out of uh, Buffalo. I believe he's a native of, uh, just North of, of, uh, like the city, New York. Um, so he's a downstate kid who ended up playing the last, you know, four years in Buffalo, um, you know he he hasn't see he doesn't see many warm days like that i mean the warmest days we get here even you know in the summertime maybe we're we're hitting mid 90s and that's that's a couple of days so to be out there where where it's going to be over you know 100 degrees for the next 3 4 months uh you know that's going to take some adjusting but nonetheless the players are out there they're getting work in the attendance was again very good this week at least as far as we know, on Wednesday when the media was allowed, I saw the number 76 players were there, were present out of the 89, so 13 non-participants. and Some of the same players that were not there last week or not participating last week are, are once again showing up. Josh Jacobs, Zay Jones, um, Quinton Jefferson was not a participant again this week, Yannick Ngakwe. I saw a couple new names on the list, John Hankins. Kendall Vickers, Damon Arnett, who did participate last week. He wasn't out there, uh, at least on Wednesday. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Johnson, again, was not a, uh, not available, and, and uh, neither was Divine Diablo again. But, you know, not not the time to sound the alarm. As I said last week, it's it's only June. Jacobs will be fine, and Gakaway will be fine. I'm not worried about Jefferson or Hankins. These are veterans in the league, right? They've played a lot of football. They know how to get their bodies ready um, for, for a season. So I'm not too worried about that. I would like to see Damon Arnett out there as much as possible. Um, again, though, I, I pretty sure I saw him, you know, based on the photos, um, that were being sent out, tweeted out. He was out there last week, so I'm not quite sure why he wasn't there Wednesday, but, um, you know, it does sound like a lot of the players, some of these guys that maybe aren't even at OTAs they've been, in and around the building getting working so no need to panic right now on anyone at this point this team is a lot further along than they were at this point last season now also this week we got we got to hear from a number of players who made themselves available to the media Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Trayvon Mullen and even earlier in the week we, we heard some some comments from General Manager Mike Mayock as well. But I think the big story this week, uh, at least the player whose, whose comments are drawing the most attention, has to be Henry Ruggs. Now, like you guys, I, I am also very interested to see where Henry Ruggs is entering his second year. We, we know it was a... Uh, a bit of a disappointing season for Ruggs, who was selected 12th overall in the 2020 draft, could just never seem to gain any traction and, and put together some consistent streaks where you know he was productive out there in the field. We just did not see that. The final numbers will not blow you away. Um, uh, 26 catches on 43 targets. 452 yards and two touchdowns, and that was that all happened in 13 games. He did have a couple setbacks with injuries, um, which I'm sure played a big part of it. But, uh, you know, the 43 targets is the thing that kind of concerns me the most. That is 3.3 targets a game. Now, you know, if you've been a follower of this show. You know how I feel about that. I've made my feelings well known about his usage in year one. It was a big topic on the podcast all season long. I think Gruden could have done more to get him involved. And when I look back at the offense from a year ago, um, they were extremely lucky to have Nelson Aguilar have that breakout season where he came in on that that extremely friendly one uh, year contract worth one million dollars and and he gave them uh way more than than what he was being paid to do uh, his production was through the roof last year um, led the team well didn't lead the team in, in yards that was uh that was uh, Darren Waller, but but was just a real pleasant surprise to have that breakout season, career year from Aguilar. But, you know, things could have looked much differently had he not had that type of season, right? Things could have been a lot uglier on offense. Now he moves to New England and now there's a bunch of targets and lots of production that is up for grabs. So the time is now for Henry Ruggs as well as Brian Edwards, and uh, so I'm looking for uh, a big step in year two from both of those guys. And I want to play play you some of the audio from from Ruggs on Wednesday when he was asked about uh, you know his training in the off season, where he's really looked to um, you know improve and what he expects to see from himself in year two. Let's take a listen to that now.
0: Last year, it was for me to describe it. It was a start, uh, and that—that's pretty much the best way I can describe it. It's something to build on, is a starting point, and we're just gonna build from there. And of course, like I said, ready for you know take on a bigger role and help my team in a in a bigger way.
2: So there you heard him. It was a starting point to build on, as he said, and, and I like that. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't at all sound content with with his rookie year, and that's a great thing to me. It sounds like his expectations for year two are much higher, and you know he's aware that he'll need to do more in year two. He's well aware of that, and he is uh, he's up for the challenge. He wants he wants the ball more. He wants to be more involved with the offensive game plans uh, from from a week to week basis. Um, he did go on to say in another question uh, about you know, putting on some size, he did say that he made it a a point of emphasis to, you know, hit the weight room hard, uh, eat all the time and just, you know, really push himself, challenge himself in the weight room to get stronger, uh, as well as become just an all around better player, you know, whether that's uh, doing a better job of running all the routes on the route tree, getting stronger. Um, and just just being an overall a better player, so uh, I do like what I'm hearing from Henry Ruggs. Uh, I did hear actually, I saw it on Twitter, I actually retweeted it. So check my Twitter if you want to see the video. I can't remember who tweeted it out now, but it was him working out. They did like a little feature on him. Said he added 12 pounds of muscle. Uh, I'm not sure how accurate that number is, but Vinny B did say that you know he's he's noticeably looking bigger. Uh, so that's all good news for the Raiders. Now, the second clip that I have for you is when he was asked about meeting expectations, not only for the ones that he puts on himself, on himself, but also by some of his critics that are out there. Here's what he had to say.
0: Honestly, I don't think I don't think anybody's expectations for me is higher than myself. So, uh, uh, if I'm frustrated with anything, it's because I didn't do what I what I feel like you know that I can do or I'm, I'm able to achieve. So. It's not, it's critics and, you know, what the coaches or or other players around the league may say about me. That doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really do too much for me because I know know what I can do and I'm my biggest critic. So no one else can make me feel bad about that.
2: So I want to throw some numbers out there uh, for you. And you can think about this one as you're listening. Are you taking the over or the under on these numbers? If I told you Henry Ruggs, would finish the season with 50 catches, 850 yards, and five touchdowns. Okay? Would you take the over or the under for each one of those stats? I mean, I think I think it's possible. That would essentially be doubling his numbers from his rookie year. And I would I would like to see him somewhere in that ballpark this year. I think if he can get Close to 50 catches for 850 yards. That's 17 yards per reception. So I think that's that's definitely achievable. Uh, if he can get in that ballpark, that would be really good for this offense. Waller's going to lead the team in receptions and yards again, you would imagine. Um, he's a huge weapon for them. He, he's target number one. But if Ruggs could get those numbers, I don't think this offense misses a beat from what they were a year ago, which was top 10 pending pending now the offensive line holds up right so tell me what you think let me know contact me on twitter send me a dm or reach out to me on the website on the contact page justpodbaby.com all right time to get to a quick break and when i return you will hear audio from my spot on in the huddle with Vinny bonsignor from thursday afternoon don't go anywhere
1: You're listening to Just Pod, baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today Podcast Network. Let's go! And now, back to your host, Evan Grote. Uh, We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Evan Grote. Um, He is the host of Just Pod, baby. Evan, thanks for spending some time with us. How are you doing, my man?
0: Hey Vinny, how's it going? Glad to be in the huddle with you. And uh, I've been monitoring the weather out there in Las Vegas. I hope you're, you're finding a place to stay cool.
1: Well, thankfully, in uh, this the beautiful facilities the facility here in Henderson and the studio that uh, that I'm uh, working in today, it's beautiful and very nicely uh, air conditioned. But there's no doubt <laughs> that it's extremely hot out there and the time of day that the Raiders are practicing 10 30 it's different from what they do during training camp which is uh you know 7 a.m in the morning is typically when they practice but you can do that when you have the players for as long as you need them on any given day uh during training camp that's not the case during OTAs the players are only allowed to be in the building six hours so you have to really maximize the time between the meetings and the conditioning and the time on the field and et etc cetera, et cetera. so for those purposes John Gruden Um, has kind of figured it out that this is the best time to to actually practice, although these last couple of days it's been pretty hot, and I feel bad for those guys, but they got through it.
0: Yeah, I I saw the, uh, like I said, I monitored the temperatures. I saw it got up to 108 today. So I mean, that is a that's an absolute scorcher. And you know, I'm over here in uh, Western New York, uh, the suburbs of Buffalo. So we don't we don't see many days that get up to 108. In fact, we had about 68 degrees today with some rain. So it's not something that I can can relate to at all. But um, it, it does sound like uh, you know they're 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 doing everything they can to you know monitor player safety and and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, it's just something being out in the desert uh, that that, that grudeness and his staff have, is going to have to man- manage and I think that's the benefit of having the new facility that they have out there in Henderson. They have the indoor facility that I believe is uh, air conditioned so if they have to pivot if it gets too hot out there and they believe it's a, a hazard to the player safety then they could always pivot and, and get them indoor to that, that beautiful indoor facility.
1: Yeah and which is what they do uh, part of their practice is outdoors and then they slide back inside uh, to, to wrap it up and it's there's no doubt that there, it's air conditioned. You can feel it. You just walk by it and for some reason I seem to always kind of end up over there at some point during the morning practice because I don't know well I do know it feels really nice when you're standing over <laughs> over there because you feel that air conditioner yeah. uh, but uh, it's a good setup and it's just unfortunate the weather is not working out uh, this week but it's supposed to get a little cooler next week so uh, that'll be more conducive to getting uh, some, some work in uh, there from uh, Evan following it as you have anything that's jumped out uh, at you so far?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the the biggest takeaway for me and, and you were touching on it earlier in your show uh, was 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 the com- the comments from from Henry Ruggs uh, yesterday. I think that's that's the one that everyone seems to be the most uh, interested in. And I, I think if you were to to, to pull rare Nation out there and, and create a list of of players who have the most approved this season, Henry Ruggs would be on all of those lists from everyone you ask. And, and you know we know that he has a dynamic skill set. He's got the rare but we got to be honest he struggled in year 1 to put it all together only had the 26 receptions 452 yards the two touchdowns he did deal with some injuries and whatnot um they didn't have the the off seasons like like they are having this year and, and you know depending on who you talk to some out there would tell you that, you know what, I think he had a major impact on the offense. You heard his teammate, Hunter Renfro, speak about that yesterday. Some of the coaches have spoke about that as well, um, how he opens up the field for others. Uh, but I think there's other people who are in the camp that think his rookie season was was a disappointment. And, and I personally, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle with that discussion. I understand the threat of his speed and the impact that it does have on the offense, uh, for guys like Darren Waller, and last year we saw what it did for Nelson Aguilar. But at some point, and hopefully it's this year, he's got to step up and make more. Impact plays, and I and I mean that you know from a statistical standpoint, and and not just from a decoy standpoint, not just the guy who's going to open up things for other people. Because however however fans want to look at it, or however however you know we want to kind of spin it to fit our own our own narrative, the guy was the twelfth overall pick, and and there's no there's no um, overlooking that he was the first receiver taken in in the to the 2020 draft class over some really really tan- talented guys. And you know, you don't use premium picks like that on guys to be decoys. And and I've heard what the coaches have had to say about they knew what they were getting in rugs. and, And I, you know, I believe that when they say that. But I just think when you're drafting players that high, you're looking to get difference makers. And you know, that being said, the coaches have spoke openly about his, you know, their their want for him to improve as a route runner. Uh, to get stronger and to be more physical. And from everything that he had to say yesterday, he has made that priority number one this offseason. So I do expect to see a different Henry Ruggs than what we saw last year. And, and to be honest, I think this offense needs needs him to be a, a difference maker um, because although they were a top-ten offense last year, when Nelson Aguilar departed from New England, that vacated a lot of production, a lot of targets, and someone besides Darren Waller needs to step up and pick up some of that that slack that's going to be left behind by uh, Aguilar.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, looking at the numbers, right, Henry Ruggs, you you mentioned, you know, the 43, uh, or excuse me, 26 catches for 452 yards, 17.4 yards per catch. That's pretty healthy, Uh, two touchdowns. Targets, 43. Um, you look at somebody like Tyreek Hill I'm not trying to compare the two players just yet We'll see if Henry Ruggs uh, can, can get close to that at some point Targets for Tyreek um, Was 135 In 15 games Henry played 13 games How much of this Is on now John Gruden and the offensive staff And Derek Carr Making sure that That never happens again
0: yeah, yeah, the, the 40 42 targets uh, in 13 games. That's 3.3 targets per game cuz I, I this is something this is a topic that I have. Anybody out there who listens to my podcast and follows me, this is something that I have talked about all season long last year. I think it falls more so on the shoulders of John Gruden for not doing enough to get Henry Ruggs involved. Um, I, I again you talked about Tyreek Hill. I look at well, obviously I'm watching the Chiefs a lot because they're division rival and you look at the ways that Andy Reid gets the ball to Tyreek Hill. And I'm not saying that Henry Ruggs is uh, is the next Tyreek Hill. I'm not that's not the point I'm making. But when you have a playmaker like that, you have to be more creative in how you utilize him. And I just didn't see that in year one from from Gruden um in his usage with rugs, We did see occasionally, we saw some of those jet sweeps, we saw him as a ball carrier, um, but I did not see enough short routes. I want to see more short routes from Henry Ruggs. I don't need to see the deep ball all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's great. He's got that deep speed, and and that, that could be a great weapon to have, but let's get him, let's, let's get him going on some short slant routes, some, some five-yard hook routes, let him catch the ball, make a man miss, and, and use some of that deep speed. Uh, those are the types of things that you see Tyree Kill doing And, again, as you mentioned, I think it's up to John Gruden to do a little bit more to to get the ball into the hands of his playmaker, Henry Ruggs.
1: Yeah, and I think he will. I think that's um, the objective. That's the goal. Um, And I think that I I, I do believe, you know, just talking to people, there was a building uh, prospect. There was a a building aspect with Henry Ruggs. And it just felt like... They didn't want to – I I don't want to use the word overwhelm him like he, like he you know, wouldn't have been able to uh, grasp it or anything like that. It's not that. But I just felt like they understood there are some things that he needs to work on and he needs to get better at and just build. And that he needs to get that foundation in order before you take the next step with getting him the ball, you know, or targeting him 85 to 100 times, which I think – is what their vision is uh, of him, and we'll see if that increases dramatically this year. If he's come in here and he looks bigger, he looks stronger. Uh, really, haven't been able to watch him on, in, you know, in in any eleven-on-eleven 11 type situations. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to do that in minicamp to see how they are using him. I know that behind the scenes, and somebody told me just yesterday, somebody, you know. Uh, What what was told to me is I really wish you guys could see what we're seeing in the other part of it, the part that we're not seeing right now, and um, hopefully we're going to get a chance to see that because – and there was an ex, a little bit of an excitement in that statement man. which we kind of can see what, what, what's going on with some of these guys because uh, right now we're just seeing like you know some, some technical stuff some drills before they actually get to doing working offense against defense so can't wait to see that and I have a feeling that Henry Ruggs is, is a big part uh, of that uh, another player that I, that I wanted to talk to you though and we're talking to Evan Grote um, who's nice enough to join us uh, in the huddle and, and when I say that Raider Nation should probably be encouraged by what was told to me yesterday about that. I just got the sense like some there's some things that are clicking right now. Or or some guys made uh, you know, took big steps forward and uh, they're they're really excited about it. and just understand this, Evan. Like last year at this time there was a lot of this is gonna hurt us. <laughs> you know, not having this time of year with so many young players, this might not work out too well in terms of that with the young players. So a little bit of a different tone uh, now that these guys are actually out on the field this time of year. But I wanted to ask you about Foster Moreau, Evan, and uh, he's another player that I think is is it, the role is going to expand and it's on the verge of expanding. I think last year was you know he was hurt the year before he was still kind of working his way back. Uh, they signed Jason Witten. I, I think fans kind of read into that a little wrong, that they were burying Foster Moreau. It wasn't that. It was insurance and and insurance almost against themselves to push him too far too early. And they wanted to bring him along because they understand what they have in Foster Moreau. And they wanted to bring him along prudently and and have a veteran, you know, to to make up that time or, or fill a spot while he was still getting ready. What are your thoughts on Foster Moreau? I'm not Thinking that he's going to be an eighty catch guy or anything like that, but I think he could be a focal point of this, or not a focal point, but a big part of this offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm totally on board with with, with your thoughts on on Foster Morrow. Um, you know, he's a guy who uh, came in as a rookie and really flashed. You know, make, making some nice plays, five touchdowns in, in his rookie season. That you know, we saw ended with that that torn ACL and. Um, you know, saw his did see his role reduced a bit last year, more so because of the injury and just getting back to one hundred percent. But he saw his his uh, plane his snaps go down from thirty six percent to twenty six percent, I believe, or twenty four percent. So they went down, you know, quite a bit. But that, as you said, had more to do with the injury and, and recovering from that injury, and less to do with with Jason Witten. But um, you know, I just talked about targets in production that was vacated from Nelson Aguilar when he left to go to New England Morrow is another guy who along with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards hopefully are guys who are going to step up and and fill some of that that lack of production Foster Moro is another guy who you have to be excited about and, and what he's capable of doing what we saw from him in his rookie year and what his teammates are saying about him you heard Darren Waller had a lot of great things to say about him and you know that his explosiveness is is, is increasing and he's put in a lot of work in this off season i've heard from yourself and other uh, guys who cover the team closely that he looks to be in great shape so and i know that Gruden uh, in that coaching clinic there's that that tape that's out there of Gruden speaking really highly of, of uh, Foster Morrow as well. So uh, I, I, too, am excited about him. I think he can be a, a difference maker for this team, a guy who could help them with some of the struggles that they've had in the red zone in recent years. So I, I do look for him to, to be a, a big player on this offense this year in 2020 or
1: 2021. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, and I think there's a lot of guys, uh, or at least a handful of guys, that kind of fit that category, Foster uh, Brian Edwards, you know, Henry Ruggs, these young players that big things are expected. Um, and now is the time for them to make that move. And, and it'll be interesting once, you know, training camp starts or once we see them in minicamp and then training camp, uh, if that's if they're if they're on that path. Uh, and if they are. That's really good news uh, for this Raiders team, especially this offense that needs to get better in some of the marginal areas uh, that are, that have high impact uh, on wins and losses. Uh, so, so we'll see. Evan Grote, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it. Uh, always enjoy the insight and the visit. Uh, take care of yourself. Have a great week. And we will probably talk to you hopefully next week.
0: Yep. Anytime, Vinny. Appreciate you having me on. Take care.
1: You got it, man. That's Evan Grote uh, just pod baby uh, does a really good job and always has some really good insight and
2: all right so there was uh there was the audio from my spot on Raider Nation Radio this week with Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle and you know obviously the the, the big topic uh on his show as well as my show this week what was Henry Ruggs so we you know we really kind of uh, dove into that conversation. And, uh, you know, much of what, much of what I said with him, I, I had, you know, I, I said a lot of those same things, uh, to you guys tonight. So, uh, you know, as always reach out to me, let me know what you think about some of my thoughts. Am I right? Am I wrong? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know what you think guys, reach out to me on Twitter at egroat five or on the website, just podbaby.com. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Just Pod, baby. I want to thank everyone out there, as always, for tuning in each and every week and for being a loyal listener. Uh, Look forward to uh, our next conversation. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Until the next time, I'm your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby.